In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in. The kind of catapult the propaganda. It's time for the October 14th edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, a reality-based message force multiplier of current events compiled from the world's elite newspapers and blogs at NathanCallahan.com and ripped in part from Harper's Magazine at harpers.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Espar. And now, the news. You know, we've been talking about a lot about money, about stock market, stock market crashes, and bailouts, and yeah. General Motors going down, mm-hmm. and AIG going down, yeah. yeah, Bank of Scotland going down. Mm-hmm. But it was reported that the global economy is losing more money from the disappearance of forests than through the current banking crisis, according to the uh, EU. That would be the European Union. Mm-hmm. They did a study, and it puts the annual cost of forest loss at between $2 trillion and $5 trillion. That's every year. That's just... And that's just in the resources that forests give back to us. We're just kind of cutting them off. It's just an amazing figure. I mean, just a staggering amount of money, and uh, I'm sure this is built... To these st- are resources. We haven't seen the money yet. Right. We just get it in right. benefits. Right. Yeah. One in four of the world's mammals is threatened with extinction, and half are in decline. That would be the most comprehensive assessment so far on this subject. Scientists who carried out the five-year survey of 5,487 known mammal species described their findings that 1,139 face dying out as bleak and depressing. And why this is not being discussed... On, during the presidential debates and in every significant race for Congress or Senate is beyond me. Because none of the candidates are mammals, I think. They're <laughs> all so. snakes. Maybe so. They're mm-hmm. reptilian. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the scientists also said that it's likely going to get worse. Yeah. Well, yeah I, 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 I've heard that um, uh, one-fourth of the people running for public office are in, in – uh, they don't have a vertebrae. So they're, a, they're an invertebrate, invertebrate animal. Never mind. It was an attempt at a joke. Sorry about we that. We already went through that one. I know. Uh, that was supposed to be, you know, I know, the, I missed the it. foot down after I, I said know, it. I know. Thank Not, you. I don't know. wait five minutes I, and then hit it. I couldn't. I, Comedy 101. The biggest ever late. sale of oil assets took place when the Iraqi government put 40 billion barrels of recoverable reserves up for offer in London. You wonder, you know, about this war in Iraq. I wonder if that had anything to do with oil. Because they're racing to sell off their reserves right before we strike a deal. Yeah. We're trying to strike a deal yeah, with yeah. Iraq. You know, where are we going to bring the troops out? Well, wait, before we do that, <laughs> let's put all our oil reserves up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Negotiations over a long-delayed security agreement between the U.S. and Iraq were hinging on one main sticking point, that being the extent to which U.S. troops can be prosecuted in Iraqi courts. Yeah, and this one, is they, they've been wrestling with this for months Trying to trying to work out that deal, mm-hmm. and apparently the Iraqis are determined to keep that in the agreement that they can be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Apparently, but what what's the holdup here other than the Iraqi government? And I'm sure that the sticking to... point will be, you know, uh, well, not the sticking point, but the negotiation will be, well, no one above yeah. major. Yeah, yeah, you can you can take out the. Uh, I'm sure you're right. Private corporal. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. Lieutenants, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you okay. can take those captains. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> That's the sticking point. Sticking point on captains. We'll give you the captains. But it is, 
and I, this is another indication of just how far along this process is uh, that uh, the U.S. is going to be withdrawing from, finally, going to be withdrawing from Iraq. That's one indication, right? When's that? Well, I'm saying seems that the, 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 uh, the foundation has been laid for us to get out of Iraq. Well, the foundation, we're talking about it. Yeah. Because we're getting near an election. Well, yeah, and I, I, I think... I imagine we'll... And I think if, uh, if we're lucky and the polls are accurate, we will be getting out of Iraq within the next year and a half. What does Poland have to do with this? All right. It was reported that secret executions are being carried out in prisons run by Nouri al-Maliki's government. Hangings are now carried out regularly in Saddam Hussein's old intelligence headquarters. That's fun. You know, we'll just use it again. And, and we did bring democracy to this country. Apparently I we think. did, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. According to the report, hundreds, including many insurgents, have been secretly executed in the death chamber. Well, I this would is Robert Fisk's report, I believe. Yeah. I would assume that this has something to do with the, with sort of the ethnic cleansing that's going on in the gov- in the in the country. I'm betting that many of the people being executed are Sunnis, because mm-hmm. I because the government is Shiite. Yeah, it makes sense if you're gonna if you're gonna execute people. Well, I'm just saying uh, this uh, this make them not like you. Uh, UN monitors confirm that the Nor- that North Korea has restored their access to the Yongbyon nuclear site, including the plutonium reprocessing plant. So North Korea has let us back in again. A couple weeks ago, they said, uh, UN, stay out. We're going to have fun with uh, nuclear energy. And now they're letting us back in. And be- the U.S. has yeah. just taken North Korea off its uh, so-called terrorist, state terrorist list. Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah. Are you, are you, did you have a, a little stroke there? Mm-hmm. A malseizure? No, no. I, I'm saying I'm repeat. I guess I'm reiterating the reason. The rationale is if we negotiate. With you that, just don't seem. You just don't seem on your game today. Well, <laughs> a little bit off my game today. Why is that? Um, just the usual chronic. You know. Is your tummy upset? This, no, this sleep deprivation thing is every once in a while it catches up with me. Why? Why do you do that? If I knew why, I'd stop doing it. I mean, why, am, why, why is I mean, it that, what are you doing? Well, that, my body clock tells me to go to bed at one thirty or 2 o'clock. And, your body clock? Well, I'm just, yeah. yeah. Something to do with, with my not wanting to go to bed before one thirty in the morning. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Okay. But it is something. President Bush signed, well, that's very helpful. President Bush signed legislation to lift a three-decade ban on nuclear trade with India. Nuclear yeah. trade. Yeah. I emphasize the word nuclear. And you said that correctly. Uh-huh. And that's important. I, I always said it correctly until we had this. Well, you know, it's funny. Carter said it the same way. Mm-hmm. But when you get in that habit, it's it's hard to break. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Nuclear. Nuclear. You yeah. want to say nuclear. Yeah. Not nuclear. No. Nuclear. But once you start saying nuclear, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a easy. slippery slope. It's easy. Yeah. Uh, that that would mean we're giving technology to the Indians. Yeah, that would be part of the deal. Nuclear we're we're supplying them with nuclear technology, uh-huh. knowing that they're essentially surrounded by nations with nuclear weapons. Uh-huh. I'm thinking they'll probably <laughs> improve, or at least uh, make an attempt to improve their improve their uh, their own capabilities, and that's really a good idea in that part of the world. 
Uh, it will allow India to expand its nuclear power industry without requiring it to sign the non-proliferation treaty, right? as other nations must. So they don't even need to say, we're not going to increase our, our weapons. They're just going to be able to increase their uh, stockpile of weapons. Well, they're certainly going to be increasing yeah. the amount of plutonium, uranium that are yeah. lying around for people exactly. who might not have the best of intentions for that material. Yeah. That's where I was going with that, Mike. Yeah. So Beach they it. can proliferate. Beach you That's to what it. I'm trying to say. Beat you to it. Governments across the world were moving to shore up confidence in the global financial system by spending hundreds of billions of dollars to bail out private banks. Can can I get you a, a shot of uh, some methamphetamines or something? Well, what, here, no, I just I'm responding. What do you want? You want me to sing the answer responses back to you? I could tap dance. There you go. That's what now, I is want. Is that what we're looking I, for I, here? I want I'm just something. I'm trying. I want engagement. I am trying to engage you. Uh, they're spending hundreds of billion dollars yeah. to bail out private banks, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Britain announced plans to spend $37 billion to partially nationalize three of the country's largest banks in what has been described as the most dramatic extension of state ownership in the British economy since WW2. The government is moving to take control of the Royal Bank of Scotland and the lender HBOS. Germany is considering a bailout of nearly half trillion dollars for German banks. Spain and Italy have also provided cash to bail out their ailing banking sector. It, is it me, or does it seem like we are nas- these countries are nationalizing their banking systems? Is it? Am I the only one who thinks that this is a... a They're saying as much. Yeah. They're saying we're nationalizing our banking systems. And I saw Paul Krugman uh, on television the other day, uh-huh. and he just won the, the uh, Nobel Prize for economics, and yeah. he said that that's eventually where we're going to have to go. The U.S. is eventually going to have to be in the business of, of the banking industry. They're going to be in the business of banking. Essentially, at some degree, some level, the U.S. government is going to be buying up its uh, our, the banking system here. Yep. And uh, Well, in Washington, the Bush administration continued to discuss the possibility of partially nationalizing U.S. banks with funds from the more than $700 billion bailout. Yeah. And, I mean, he just said, we just don't want to, we just don't want to admit that that's where we're going, but yeah. that's where we need to eventually be. We, well, they talk about a system close to Sweden's. Yeah. Um, I, I think what I found find unnerving is that if anyone talks about this who's not a banker, then they're a communist. But if a banker talks about right. it, then right. they're somehow uh, it's just know, it just makes good they're business great sense. Economists. Yeah, 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 they're yeah exactly and uh, yeah. Well, if I had said nationalize the banks, yeah, people would would. Throw things at there'd me. Be, there might be yeah. some uh, unrest in the streets of Irvine if you yeah. if you would ex- suggest that. Can you that, imagine but, if you stood out in front of a bank two weeks ago with a sign that says "Nationalize the banks"? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, we should have a stake in them now. We're not. I, I, the idea of just throwing money at the the same people who made these mistakes is crazy without us having a stake in in what in what's going on in these banks, or at least a little ground beef patty, maybe. Yeah, yeah a little uh, you know, get some, uh, get a button or something, or a you know, a keychain or something out of the deal. Button, some kind of button, or you know, some. What do they usually give out at banks? Usually give away tote bags. Tote bags, yeah. yeah we should a all tote do bag. the tote bag. <laughs> yeah, like, the Bank yeah. of America, truly the Bank yeah. of America, and uh, we they got seven hundred billion, and all I got was this lousy tote bag, yeah, something like that. Yeah, the U.S. lost. It's power to appoint the president of the World Bank after the U.K.'s development secretary, that would be Douglas Alexander, 
brokered a deal to throw open the post to candidates from any country. So it sounds like we won't be. That's in a pretty significant event. That's yeah. uh, and it kind of got lost, but I, it truly yeah, is. Yeah, the World Bank was was in many ways considered sort of a, a subsidiary of the United States government for for forever because we have been putting in most of the money. I, I don't know if that's still the case after all this. Mm-hmm. And one indication that might not be the case is that we no longer get to appoint the guy that we want to be in charge. Yeah. Sounds, I mean, that's a pretty significant development. Who should we put in charge? I say uh, Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez. Yeah? Yeah, there you go. He'll, he'll, yeah, Hugo Chavez. Yeah, uh-huh. something like that. Oh, who, who could we put in charge? Um, that guy that's on TV. That guy. That has the big bow, the bow tie. Oh, that guy that's always doing He's, government stuff? Yeah, this crazy guy running around saying you can get $15,000 to smoke cigarettes, yeah. and, and, here, and here's how you do it. Yeah. That, that guy we should put in charge of the World Bank. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. Well, you know, once in a while, come up with something. You know, maybe they should put on, on like one of these home shopping networks, kind of like a bank shopping network, mm-hmm. where people can sell off their, their banks. Yeah. You know, on on right there on TV, right there. Yeah, it's, yeah. We've only and then the little to, the little ticker there. We've only got ten banks left. Yeah, we've got fifteen minutes and ten banks left. You know, get your get get. You got Paulson there. Get you know, he's talking it, it up. He's just, he's just, it's a great just, looking bank. <laughs> this is one of the best looking banks I've seen in quite some time. <laughs> Check out all the amenities. You get you, get, you got your free parking. You got yeah. your free checking accounts. Mm. Wall Street recovered somewhat <laughs> from its worst week ever. With one of its best single days ever. That would be yesterday. Yeah. These guys are just such little weenies. <laughs> I mean, you know, up and down and up and down and up and down. They're, well, they're, you know, I mean, I don't use the term women as anything against women. Mm-hmm. I use the term a woman mm-hmm. to designate what they would call a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're acting like women. Yeah. You know, you know it's, as soon as something bad happens... And then to all the wonderful women out there, this is not directed at you. Yeah, it's just that these guys are this uh, hysterical, yeah. gutless. Yeah. Um, what well, else would you call it? Uh, well, you know, uh, well, I, I go I go back to this thing that I I, I mean it, for years I always assumed when I was growing up that the stock market, Wall Street, good, good for me, good for my life. When did you make that assumption? How long ago? When I was about, till I was about 14 years okay, old. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. And then it, then it began, I was educated, read up about this stuff. And the, the, what happens on Wall Street is oftentimes completely antithetical to what is good for you in your life. Yeah. So, when, so I, my sense of Wall Street is that it is essentially uh, riverboat gamblers, for the, a lot of it is just gambling. It's money chasing money. It's paper chasing paper. Yeah. So it, it's to me, um, and I think most Americans are hoping that's the case today. That whatever is happening on Wall Street will not actually have a dr- dramatic and direct impact on their life. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. You say how much it will or won't. But uh, uh, I'm hoping that I'm right about yeah. this. That in essence, it won't. It won't destroy our ability to make a living and buy food and pay rent and all the rest of it. I, I would never, ever invest in stocks. To me, it seems antithetical to uh, capitalism yeah. because it's not really, it takes out of the process the ability to 
invest in something that you believe yeah. is a good idea. Yeah. And all it does, the only good idea is that it will make money. And so everything out there is designed to make money right. rather than to be a good idea and a good product and to help people. Right. It's instead designed to make a quick kill or a long-term kill, and it doesn't matter what the product is at the end of this. Uh, more often than not, it is about a short-term gain at yeah. the expense of a long-term goal. And I, I agree with you. I, I think that in, for the most part, and it goes back to something that has been I've, I've been harping on when we've had econo- uh, economic experts on the, on the show. And They're that called is, economists, I think. Well, not all of them. Are <laughs> I know. Economists. I know. <laughs> so but anyway, okay. and my, my point is always this sort of the tyranny of expectations, the idea that the market sets a bar. If a company, a company can make a profit, yeah. can make a good product, can make a profit, but can be considered to be a failure if it doesn't make a certain amount of money, a certain percentage of profit, and this constant pressure on these companies to squeeze more and more money out of their operations in profit as opposed to a long-term commitment to capital reinvestment and to employees and health care and all the rest of it, is destroying our economy. Yeah. It is absolutely under... Well, and, and, this is and what, the product itself, too. Yeah. Let's not forget yeah, the, product it, the product itself. The product itself. And it's contributing greatly to getting out from under this, uh, this horrible disaster that's unfolding in front of us because these people want to maintain this expectation of profit as opposed to investing the money into the people who are actually going to build an economy. Uh-huh. There you go. You know, I see these pictures of the guys. You know, usually see them on the business pages, sometimes on the front page. They have their heads in their hands. You know, the, oh, the market has crashed. Yeah, right, right. And then when it's up again, you know, they're just, you know, screaming and yelling. And it truly is uh, just childlike behavior. Well, it is a day-to-day, week-to-week thing with absolute, to me, little or no commitment to what is the co- what are the consequences of this. And as you read earlier, the story about uh, the the loss of revenue due to deforestation and all the right. rest of it. This this is these two worlds are so divorced from one another, so completely uh, disconnected that it is it is destroying the planet. It is really, truly destroying the planet. And I, I'm hoping that out of this, there is a, re, a reconfiguration of our priorities in, in making yes, the forest uh, as important as the stock, more important than the stock market. Wow. The Federal Reserve Board said it would provide up to $37.8 billion in additional funds to AIG to help deal with the rapidly dwindling supply of cash. That's a real smart idea. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, concern is growing that American auto giants General Motors and Ford could both face bankruptcy. Her GM might buy up Chrysler. Yeah, that's what I heard. Too. Uh-huh. GM stocks plunged 31%. Uh, it's a 58-year low. Stocks fell 22%. A Republican-dominated federal appeals court panel blocked the enforcement of a congressional subpoena, effectively, effectively guaranteeing that Bush, maybe George W., will leave the White House without his senior aides having to explain their firings of nine prosecutors. Yeah. Yeah. Run out the clock. In campaign news, a bipartisan Alaskan ethics inquiry found Republican vice presidential candidate Governor Sarah Palin abused the power of her office by pressuring subordinates to fire her former brother-in-law from his job as an Alaskan state trooper. The report also found that Palin allowed her husband to use the governor's office and resources to meet and speak to state employees in an effort to find some way to get Michael Wooten fired. There's one aspect to the story that is being worked on, uh, the cover story of The Village Voice. Uh, it's a story about the uh, sports co- sports complex that left Wasilla in a $20 million deficit. Yeah. 
the same time that that facility was being built, and everyone wondered why all that money was being put into it. This is why Palin was in Palin, office. W- Palin's home was yeah. being constructed by the same contractors, yeah. by the way, who happened to have been the same contractors who worked on Ted Stevens, Senator Ted Stevens, who's under mm-hmm. an indictment for, for uh, felony offenses. So there is, there is more to this story that's going to be coming out. And, of course, she denied any wrongdoing, said that the report vindicated her. Which is insane. Well, if you, she kind of parsed the words there, so it, it said she was happy that that she wasn't, you know, there was no problem. No, which no. you know you can. So I, but I, I think I think this other side of the story is going to eventually come out that she was in bed with these uh, these contractors and uh, et cetera, et cetera. In bed. The scientific community was outraged at John McCain for repeatedly taking Barack Obama to task for seeking the. $3 million overhead projector. You heard about that. Yeah, the, well, he made a big deal about the $3 Yeah, you million. know what that overhead projector was. I, I actually don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's the uh, Chicago's Adler Planetarium projector. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to upgrade their 40-year-old planetarium projector. Uh, scientists there uh, always have said that this is a wonderful way to get uh, youth yeah. involved in science. They go to the planetarium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get involved in astronomy. They look at all the neat little rocks and stuff there, and then they go see the show, and they go ooh ah, and then they grow up to uh, to build bombs for our government. And uh, you got to appreciate that. And take the that. war into space. Yeah. yeah. Nevertheless, whatever they do with that, it's a scientific background that right. we're trying to encourage here. And it was a three million dollar uh, planetarium projector, and McCain decided to call it an overhead projector. Yeah. As as if it's some office piece of office right. equipment, something you, that back in the sixties they flip. And apparently, on scientists, you know, they're, they're I I doubt if there is an astronomer out there, yeah. or at least an intelligent one, yeah. maybe a flat earther that might be voting for John McCain. But outside of that, at Lakeville, Minnesota, McCain rally, a supporter told McCain that Barack Obama was an Arab, and McCain responded, "No, ma'am, he's a decent family man." Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I know I'm not going to blame McCain. That's a slip, but it's a slip that shows that his brain ain't working right. Right. It it, it was a tepid response. It, yeah. it, something, and also the opposite of Arab is no, you're a decent person. That's the, what I'm. That's yeah, the I point know where I'm you're going. Yeah, here. I yeah. know you. I know that's where you're going. But uh, and yeah, it was. It it reveals a lot about yeah. McCain. Well, his campaign. The Maryland State Police classified 53 nonviolent peace activists as terrorists and entered their names and per- personal information into state and federal databases with, with that track terrorism suspects. Uh, two Catholic nuns learned that they were on the list. Yeah, I like because that one. they were yeah they were peace activists. National Research Council report years in the making concluded that automated identification of terrorists through data mining or any other mechanism is neither feasible as an objective, nor desirable as a goal of technology development efforts. In other words, inevitable false positives will result in ordinary law-abiding citizens and businesses being incorrectly flagged as suspects. That would be you or or I, Mike. In all probability, you, not me. I'm going to be flagged. I always wanted to be flagged, to tell you the truth, Mike. Flagging is what I. Uh, I'm sorry, I thought you aspire. said flogged, and I was I was about to agree until I oh, realized you were saying flagged. it's not the same. Oh, not quite. Hmm. Okay, let's kick this in the head. Let's, and finally, yeah. you don't have anything else. For I me? got nothing because really, truly, I part of the reason that I've been such so comatose is I'm a little keyed up about this interview too. 
Oh, for crying out loud. I Here know. we go again. I know. I'm just saying. You know, I'm yeah, just saying. Okay. I'm just, if I just suddenly freeze up, my eyes, my eyeballs start to bleed. We've got Odd Spiegelman coming yeah, on yeah, next. Yeah, and he's way. a hero of Mike's. He's a. T- Whatever. No, yes, he is. He's a hero of yours. He's yeah, a hero of mine. I yeah, like Art yeah, Spiegelman, yeah, too. He's a great guy, he as puts far his, as I know. But he puts his pants on one leg at a time. That's right, Mike. That's what I'm trying to remember. Uh-huh. And I keep that in mind. And he also... Uh, well, and then it says right in the book... Masturbates like Picasso. Like Picasso. Yeah. It says right, so, right there in the book. And finally, Weekly yeah. Signals guest Paul Krugman. That would be Krugman, won this year's Nobel Economics Prize. Weekly Signals Weekly Review is broadcast every Tuesday on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. To learn more about Weekly Signals or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And this is Weekly Signals.